I have a my story that I'll get to in a second. I just feel like this background is pretty interesting and I find it interesting until like right now I'm realizing maybe that's why God was using that this week. This past week was probably the first time in my life that I really ever allowed myself to question if any of this is real. Like whether that's just the influence of the media being like Christians are bad. People are like, oh, I come to church, COVID, and then maybe they may not come back after church or just the community aspect. Just like are all these people that are billions of people of other religions that are believing a different God. Like, are you telling me that like, like how are we right? Like just like these things that are like, gosh, dang, they're just very heavy questions that is just, uh, it's, it's hard to grapple with. And, uh, I wrote this the previous week and I kind of forgot about it. And it actually is pretty funny that it applies to me right now in this very situation. So, um, my name is Paul Keel, and this is my story um, of where I'm at right now. My name is Paul Keel, and this is my story. My, st- my story is one of a casual Christian, the one that grew up in a normal Christian upbringing, no life-shattering come-to-Jesus moments per se. I did the routine of church, knew all the Sunday school stories, did all the youth group events and missions trips. Then go to college, choose from one of the campus ministries because that's where you find a good Christian girl that will make your parents happy, but also try to keep that separate from having fun going out and partying as not to have those two interfere. That's not to say that there weren't authentic moments of Christ during all this. It's just that slowly over time, they get forgotten again by the redundancy of life as it continues. At some point, you get to where you know God exists, but you forget that he exists. That moment for me was on a regular weekday drive home from work. The previous day I had gone to Menards and bought winch straps thinking that I would need these for hauling wood on a project coming up. I put them in my garage but had that weird mental note. Some would call it consciousness, some a gut reaction, some the Holy Spirit, which later is what I believe it to be. But it was to actually go ahead and leave them in the car. So back to that present day, I'm driving back home from work and having a gut feeling to instead take the outer road off of 470 by Blue Springs Lake. So I decided to do that. As I'm getting to the part of the outer road that goes downhill and away from the highway, I felt the weirdest urge saying to stop and park here on the side of the road. And not one of those subtle gut feelings, rather very clear directive beyond my own conscious and objective rationale would do. Within 30 seconds, a, um, sorry, within 30 seconds of waiting, a truck on the highway pulls over to the side of, with a mattress flapping off the back, about to fall off. This man did not have enough straps to hold everything down, so I grabbed my um, just bought straps, walked over the median behind the man and said he could have this. The man replied, slightly paraphrased, where did you come from and how did you know I needed this? You're like an angel out of nowhere. I smiled and nodded as I walked back to my car and drove home. I shook on the way home because... This is embarrassing. Because this moment was beyond just a casual good Christian routine, but was a clear, small miracle that went beyond objective reason or rationale. That moment stuck with me. I realized that even though I grew up surrounded by routines of God exists, that there are actually real-world instances of God moving in this world, beyond rational logic or evidence. Things that make that small skeptic voice in my head saying, like this past week, is any of this actually real, or is this just the dopamine chemical hits that make me feel that this is true? I realize that very much there are godly things active in this world, this church, and me beyond just my casual Christian routine.
My name is Paul Keel, and this is my story. Well, don't be embarrassed if you get choked up because you saw a miracle. I get choked up when I talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Paul, for that story. We need more stories about what God's doing in our midst, don't we? So if you have a story of something God's done, no matter how momentary or unsure you are if it was God or not, please uh, email me or Pastor Marta and let's share that. We need, we need more encouragement these days. God doesn't just exist, but he exists. Oh, I wish Rich Meyer could be in the house today. I know he's a faithful watcher of the live stream. He could, Rich Meyer and I used to teach at least in my high school. We shared a classroom. He could, he could verify the truth of the story you're about to hear. The English teacher who taught two doors down from us could get a little crazy at times. And one morning he rolled down to our room and he said, guess what I'm going to do today? And we said, no telling. And he said, I'm going to post the answer key to the test on the chalkboard right next to the spot where you turn in the test. We said, why would you do that? He said, because these kids are so lazy, they won't even look at it. Well, okay. So he came down after first hour. He said, well, how'd it go? He said, well, one kid did come up, did notice, and said, what's this? And I said, it's the answer key to the test. He said, what's to keep me from copying it down before I turn it in? I said, nothing. So he copied it down. He turned it in. He got an A. He said, the whole classroom watched this transpire. And as they came up and turned their tests in, I said, do you want to look at the answer key? And they said, nah. Why would a classroom full of kids ignore this opportunity? And why would a teacher do something weird like that? Jesus was asked a similar question as a teacher. They said, you are teaching us about the kingdom of God, the secrets of the universe. Why, when you get down to the nitty gritty, when we finally say, what's the kingdom of God like? Do you always hide it in some sort of parable, you know, about people fishing or planting trees or something? Why, why do you do that? Why do you teach us in parables? And Jesus, in classic fashion, answers their question with a parable, Right? Nothing could be more Jewish than to tell a parable to explain why you tell parables. Dan's told the joke many times, but I'll tell it again. Someone asked a rabbi, Rabbi, why do you always answer our questions with questions? And the rabbi says, what's wrong with questions? So here is the parable that Jesus tells to explain why he tells parables. Mark chapter 4, verse 21. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp... And then put it under a basket or under the bed. Of course not. A lamp is placed on the stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought into the light. Anyone who has ears should listen and understand. Now right away some of you are saying, oh, I've, I've studied this parable before. Isn't this talking about our good deeds shining for the world? Yes, if it was in Matthew chapter 5. If it was in Luke chapter 11, the point of the parable is that God will help us see the world 
rightly around us. And in Mark chapter 4, it has an entirely different meaning. Here's what you need to know about Jesus and his parables. Jesus is a traveling preacher. He tells the same sermons and stories probably everywhere he goes. And sometimes he'll use the same story in a different place to make a different point because he was asked a different question. So if you've heard one sermon on a parable, you haven't yet heard them all. Even Jesus used them in different ways in different places. So how's he using it in Mark chapter 4? Well, Mark chapter 4, the way he's using it really comes out if you look at the Greek. So here's the Garrett Revised Standard Version of what the Greek says. It says, does a lamp come to be placed under a grain basket or a couch? No. See, that's just a little different than your English translation. The English translation said, does someone light a lamp? I'm working. But the Jesus version, the way he said it in Greek says, does a lamp come? Like the lamp is active. Does a lamp come to be hidden? Of course not, he says. The lamp is active. Now remember what the question was. Jesus, why do you teach us in parables? And Jesus answers, does a lamp come to be hidden? Nope. So so Jesus isn't trying to keep a secret. He's coming to reveal. In fact, he's even comparing that he may be the lamp who comes to shine. Does a lamp come to be hidden? Well, why didn't you just say that, Jesus? That's a whole lot easier to understand. Well, here's why he didn't just say that. Soren Kierkegaard, Christian uh, thinker from times past, said that parables deceive us into the truth. Parables hide things in order to reveal them. This is like Yoda talk, right? What, what does this all mean? It means that parables are like Star Trek. How many of you grew up loving Captain Kirk, Ohura, McCoy, Scotty, Chekhov, all those guys? You grew up love uh, yes. Now, how many of you, when you watch it now, you're like, this is all about sexism and, you know, what role women can play. This is all about racism. This is all about nuclear disarmament and world peace. How many of you see that there are all these messages in Star Trek now when you go back and look at it? You weren't the only one to notice. Watch this clip. For two decades, African-American women were allowed only one role on television. It ought to. The, the servant. Lieutenant Uhura, take over navigation. The breakthrough came when Nichelle Nichols was cast as Lieutenant Uhura, fourth in command on the Starship Enterprise. But Ahura was soon written out of storylines, as other characters became more dominant. Frustrated, Nichols wrote a letter of resignation. Within hours, a certain dedicated fan requested a special meeting. And I stood up to turn around and meet the Trekkie. And there is this man, bigger than life human being, Dr. Martin Luther King. He says, I'm the Trekkie. He says, I'm the biggest Trekkie on the planet, and I am Lieutenant Uhura's most ardent fan. He went on to say how important Star Trek was, that images on television permeate 
the culture, either for the good or for the bad, and this is for the highest good. He said, you cannot abdicate your position. You are changing the minds of people across the world because for the first time through you, we see ourselves, what can be, what we are fighting for, what we are marching for. Nichols returned to Star Trek. Captain. A singular role model for thousands of Americans who had never before seen a woman of color in a position Surprise. of power. Transporter room, energize. So it's 1966, 67, 68, right? Think about what's going on in the world. Race riots, threat of nuclear annihilation, war, uh, soon the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Had they come on television and said, we're about to show you a program that's going to show you that women can be in positions of authority, even over men. We're going to show you a program that says people of color can be in positions of authority and take part in great endeavors. We're going to show you a teenager as an officer on a military vessel. His haircut is like Davy Jones, and he's a Russian. How many people would have shut that off before it even had a chance to come on? But then Stead came on and said, we're going to show you a space adventure. And by the time you got done enjoying it, you'd already seen a different world. It deceived you into the truth. It hid something in order to reveal something. Jesus' parables are like that. Jesus uses parables when he wants to reveal something that normally we would plug our ears if he just told us what he was about to say. Like the anti-racist parable of the Good Samaritan. By the time you hear the whole story and agree with it, it's too late to realize he just told you your neighbor is that foreigner that you don't like. Or sometimes it's because we think it's too good to be true. So Jesus tells us a parable about a shepherd who had 99 or had 100 sheep and one wandered off. And the shepherd, of course, goes off and brings back the lost sheep. And there's a woman who had 10 coins and she dropped one somewhere in the house. So, of course, she lights a lamp and finds it. And a man had two sons and one left home. Of course, he celebrates when one comes back. And by the time he gets to the story, it's too late for you to say, how could God care about me in this big universe? You've already believed it. That God would leave heaven just to save you. That's what parables do. So this morning we have to ask, what does this lamp showing us that we need to be disarmed, that we might not have wanted to hear it otherwise? Well, to answer that question, he adds another parable. He adds the parable of the scales or the weights and measures. So verse 23, anyone with ears should hear, uh, ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given. You will receive and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. And you're like, I didn't hear anything about weights or measures. There's no parable. That's right, and I'm a little angry about it. I'm a little angry at our English translation this morning. I like preaching from the New Living Translation because uh, I think it's easy listening. But uh, this morning, they just runs right over the top of the parable and just leaves it out. 
Look up Mark chapter 4, 23 in your own Bible uh, sometime now or today, and you'll see it actually said, the lamp is on the stand. It's revealed to all. All who have ears, listen and, under, and, and, listen and understand. But be careful what weights you use. For whatever measure you use will be used on you. So now I'm going to have to rehide the passage in, in the parable so that you'll remember it. Because what I just read, you couldn't tell me even right now what it just said. Jesus knows better. We don't need the, the uh, Bible translations to take the parables out. There's a reason why they're in there. All right, Bible nerd time over. Um, what does it mean? It means when you hear what is revealed in the lamp, you have to decide, ooh, that's heavy. That's important to me. I'm going to give that some weight in my life. I'm going to pay attention to that. Or, eh, it was nice. He says, God will use this same weight on you when the time comes. So make that decision carefully. What's that mean? When I was 17, it means, when I was 17, the Bible was taught expertly in my house by our father. People would come to our living room from two, three different churches and they'd gather around our big dining room table and they would go through the book of Acts and the book of Philippians. It would take them weeks there on a Wednesday night. Was I sitting at the table? No. No, I was in karate and I was in theater and I had other stuff to be doing. I, 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 that looked nice what they were doing in there. But not for me. I was getting my views about God now from friends, from books, from movies, from music. In fact, I'll say that my faith in God was weaker at 17 years old than it was when I was 10 years old. Didn't Jesus say that? Even what little understanding they have will be taken away. It matters how much weight you give. The lamp is on the stand, he says. Are you paying any attention to it? The Bible teacher is living in your own house, teaching it in your own living room. Garrett, are you sitting down at the table to hear it? The answer key is posted on the chalkboard. Are you going up to take a look? And that brings me back to why that English teacher did that. Had he asked those students... Why are you failing English class? And let's be honest, why are you failing all of your classes? Those kids would have had so many excuses and reasons, and they all would have had to do with other people. Had he told them, no, the reason why is because you're lazy and unconcerned about your education. Even if somebody tries to give it to you, you're too lazy to take it. If he tried to say that, they would have denied that. They would have hated him for saying it. So instead, he constructed a living parable that they're about to live out themselves and they're about to show themselves what's wrong and why they're failing. So there's only one question this parable wants us to answer. And rather than Jesus just saying, I'm afraid that some of you are taking the word of God that God has gone to great lengths to bring to you through, through me. I'm afraid that some of you are taking it too casually. Rather than just saying that, he says, here's a scale. Which weight do you use when you see what the lamp has revealed? 
Are you comfortable that that weight may be used on you someday? So this is not a shape up and try harder message. Okay, so everybody, you need to take the word of God more seriously. It's not that. It's not that. We don't need any more of that. That's not the amazing grace that we sing about. This is a message of encouragement. That there's no secret in the kingdom of God that you have to mine for. The lamp is out. The lamp is out and revealed. The answer key is posted on that cross. All you have to do is stand up. Copy it down. Turn it in. And you get an A. When you hear the word of God taught and you hear it read and you hear it discussed, lean in. Lean in and give it great weight. It's going to give you something that you didn't even know you were missing. That word is going to take you someplace that you always wanted to go but didn't know how to get there. It's going to be more weighty and important and wonderful than you could have hoped for. And it's posted right up there with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, right now, some of you, let's talk about our mission as a church. Because some of you right now, you are giving great weight to the word of God in your life. What really disturbs you this morning is that you have friends or family or coworkers or bosses or neighbors. And you know, they're not giving it much weight, if any at all. They know God exists, but they don't yet believe God exists. What can we do? Inviting someone to church community now during COVID, very, very hard, very, very scary. Church was scary for them before, now it's twice as scary. What are we going to do? We have to be creative and creative in how we achieve our mission. Our mission is to build a community of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. You all did a great job with the Halloween parade. We were expecting 50 Lakeland kids for the Halloween parade, and we had them, but there was 40 other kids that were your friends and neighbors that you invited to Halloween parade. I was handing out candy, and almost half of the people I saw, I had no idea who they were. I hope some of them may be watching the live stream this morning because they came and they said, oh, these people are kind of fun. They didn't have a bunch of weird rules about costumes. A few rules, but not a bunch of weird ones. They, uh, huh. Maybe they're not like those cranky people I see posting all over Twitter. Maybe they're different. I hope they'll lean in and see the lamp. So now we have another opportunity to be creative. Christmas is coming. And everybody's already wringing their hands over what can we do for Christmas? What can't we do? What should we do? What shouldn't we do? What a great opportunity to say, you know, in our community, we have an Advent tradition. On all the Sunday nights leading up to Christmas, we light a candle. We read some stories about what Christmas is really about. I could give you a Zoom link and you could be in your living room and we could be in ours and we'll point the phone at the candles and we can do that all together. We can get you a wreath. You can light the candle in your place. We can read those stories and say those prayers together. Or our pastor is getting ready to do a great series. Pastor Dan's going to do a great series on uh, Christmas and relationships. And uh, you can join the live stream for that and just build up to Christmas and keep the spirit and the hope in Christmas that way.
We'll have to be creative. But the lamp is on the stand. The word of God is going to go out. It'll shine through us. And God will use that and do what he does. He'll show up and show that he didn't just exist, but he exists. Amen. Well, let's pray together. Father, may we place great weight on your words. Thank you that you sent your son to post the answers to the universe for us. We are so grateful, God. We pray, Father, you would help us to be bold and creative in this season as we share faith with those who don't yet put a lot of weight in you. May you use technology, may you use presence, um, use this church, this community, and these people for your glory. We are ready, Lord, to share what has been shared with us. It's always fun to share good news. It's the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.